And you're listening to Giants Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Eckerton Bombers. And mate, I went back to saying that because uh, I guess on Sunday we are facing a period of change and that was confirmed yesterday. Yeah, certainly is a, a period of change, mate. Um, but geez, I'll tell you what, as a as a supporter, you know, we're rusted on, obviously, Jane. Um, it's pretty hard to effectively go back to zero again. That's what it sort of feels like to me and go, okay, we're rebuilding to what? Um, yeah, there's been good things in that, you know, force has been, uh, sorry, change has been enacted um, in that they, the call for the external review has been um, made. Um, yeah, I understand they're still working through the actual, like how that's going to operate, who's going to operate and all the rest of it, um, what it's going to look like. But um I would hope the scope is far greater than, um, you know, just the on-field and all the rest of it um, because I certainly think it needs to be all levels, the board, CEO, everyone included. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be yeah premature to um, think that, um, you know, all jobs are safe, um, that we've got all the right people there because I've, I've got the strong inclination that um, that might not be the case of an independent review. Yeah, I guess that's the one criticism I'd have of Dave Barr. Obviously, the week pre- previous was handled badly. Um, you know, he, he should have spoken to Ben immediately. And by all rights, mate, he, I think he should have just been sacked on that Monday mm. because you got to feel for Rutten. He went through a week of whether he'd been asked or been told at that time that he was certainly not going to be chosen. He went through the charade that there was still a live chance of keeping his job. Mm. Um, we'll never know what the actual conversation was, but it played out messy and ugly and yeah. left a real bad taste in everyone's mouth. And I guess the real bad one was the scenes after the after the game um, on Saturday. Um, you know, just seeing him hug his boys and you know, see tears and, you know, Really hard to watch that kind of stuff. Um, now, I certainly was advocate for change too. I, I really didn't think Ben was taking our playing group uh, in the right direction because, um, you know, as I said to you before, mate, I, I go to every game in Melbourne, mm-hmm. sit through every minute, and it's by far one of the worst uh, game plans that I've seen in my 35 years of watching footy live. Mm-hmm. Um just how stagnant we could be at times. And I know we had that period of five or six games where we really looked great. But uh, those last five games, I think we won one of our last five and and the, uh, two of our first ten, uh, 12. But, you know, really ugly, hard-to-watch kind of football. Mm. Um, and, you know, match selection, always, I don't know, that's not solely his job, but... It's like we accepted it because we hardly made changes and just kept, you know, we didn't reinvigorate the list. We didn't, you know, we weren't seeing many new players get chances, especially when our senior side wasn't performing. Yeah. Um, would have been great to see some fresh talent coming in, even if they weren't up to the job. You'll never know until you give them one, uh, you know, mm. an opportunity. Um, and we just kept rolling out the same ones, like how many times Ham was named as an emergency or, you know, in the side. 
mm. and still was producing like 10 possession games and so forth. And we kept rolling out the name. So um, I hope the next coach, whoever that is, um, you know, really holds the players more accountable because I think that was one of Rutten's real failings. But I guess, um, you know, the last week was pretty hard to watch. You know, we were all invested, I think, a lot of us into getting Clarkson. Um, mm. I saw that as a real hope of mine, you know, being able to get change. I thought, you know, Clark able to command change. Like, if you were going to go all chips in for him, he would have his own way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously missing out on him was disappointing. And it's a real slap in the face when Essendon's overlooked by, you know, because of North Melbourne. Um, you know, it really tells you where we're at when a club can, that, you know, in that kind of, is seen better than us. Um, now, Clarkson says publicly four days wasn't enough for him to make a decision. Yep. But we heard murmurs back in May, mate, that he was interested and actually gave us the priority. And yep. it sounds like Barham at that time was pushing hard and couldn't get the numbers up to challenge. Yep. And ultimately... Costa, so mm. I don't hold that on Barham. I hold it more on Brasher and and his mates. Um, that prevented that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts of the last week, mate? Yeah, I mean, I suppose we should go through. I mean, we we sort of just jumped into it, um, which is fair yeah, enough. Sorry, we, no, no, no. Cause <laughs> we, I mean, and everyone uh, is following. I'm sure has been, uh, you know, jumping in. And we're all sort of on the same page, but I mean, just. I suppose to encapsulate the week's happening. So obviously we had the the massive loss to um, to Port by eighty four points. Um, you know, absolutely terrible display. That was the death knell for Ben Rutten. Uh, there was no coming back for that for mine. Um, and that's where we saw um, you know Barham come up and um, successfully challenge uh, for the presidency of the board um, and Brasher. Steps down. He resigned from his position, but he remains on the board. Um, so I guess strange. that was... Very strange. Strange, but um, look, I, I think he does have a lot of experience in terms of um, of governance uh, and all the rest of it. And don't get me wrong, I'm you know, fully aware. I, I believe he was, um, you know, on the board, you know, during the saga um, and all of that. So, you know, probably not heaping a lot of praise on him there. But I, I think, you know, to a degree, I can understand why we'd want some, um, I suppose, stability at board level. Um, but then from there, uh, yeah, a bit of a uh, dog's breakfast where effectively we were we were courting Clarkson um, while, you know, keeping Rutten at arm's length. And that's, you know, really distasteful for mine. It's like, you know, asking the, uh, you know, the best looking girl out um, on the dance floor while your girlfriend's sort of looking on from the side. Um, it's It's not... It wasn't right, um, you know, how it was handled. Um, and sure, he can he can apologise now, but um, I, f- I think, you know, what effectively looks to have happened um, there for mine is Barham's like, Jesus, like Clarkson's decision is imminent. I need to get on this now um, and not have to wait for the board to agree to a um, consensus to um, to reach out. And that's why I understand that it was it was Barham solely that went and uh, you know pitched to to Clarkson, um, and Clarkson quite rightly has come back and said, "Well, oh, geez, you know, yeah, if there's only one bloke, 
you know, four days before I'm supposed to make a decision um, to offer me this this role officially. Um, you know, he wouldn't see it in his best interest to take up that um, position. And, and while us as fans, we'd love that to have happened. We need someone to come in and shake this club up. Um, yeah, I think Clarkson's, you know, as opposed to Western, he has done his due, due diligence. Um, whereas Essendon, we have... Yeah, we've missed their opportunity. When we were two and ten, that's when we should have pulled the trigger for mine. Um, so you know, on the one hand, I can absolutely um say, yeah, Dave Barham gave it a crack. I'm I'm, I'm happy to support that. How he went about it though was uh was pretty piss poor for mine. Yeah, I think that's the crux of it, isn't it? That um he's done it for the right reason. He probably, well, we don't know. Obviously, we don't get reports from board meetings. So there may have been a push for a challenge back then, mate, um, yeah. and he just didn't have the numbers. Well, I mean, like in the in that presser, Barham, yeah, yeah, because they were saying, you know, shouldn't you have gone earlier? Uh, and Barham seemed to indicate that he was pushing for that change a lot earlier, but he, he wasn't able to get the uh, support needed to, to push for that change. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It looks like a, a board completely divided um, where, yeah, you've got those in the camp, you know, you've got Brasher, uh, Xavier Campbell. Um, from what I understand, um, yeah, you might have Marnie, Wellman. Um, and Madden. Madden um, is another one. So pretty... And Paul, um, sorry, I'm trying to think what the uh, – what's the – uh, what was the vice president's name? Um, it was escapes um, me, but in any nah, case, it's what... a guy, it's a, a, <laughs> I know this is thinking out loud, but it's a um, famous, uh, he was a famous entertainer, not, not the vice president, but he's got the same name. Mm. Um, I'm trying to, it's the Rio guy, you know, the song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking out loud. I just wish I could pick it out, but um, right, Peter Allen. Peter Allen. Peter Allen. All right. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I was had to get to eventually. <laughs> He's there as well. So there's your numbers, right? That's yeah. what we know. All of them were saying no. They wanted to back Rutney. Yeah. Um, and then he, he was the one who crossed the board, yeah. crossed the floor. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, for mine, like, there's some pretty heavy hitters there, Jane. Um, so Barham did eventually get. Um, I suppose enough support after you know the shellackings from GWS and Port. You know we've said enough's enough, um, and unfortunately it's come at you know such a late time in the in the period that um, you know those experienced coaches, you know obviously Clarkson among them, uh, you know snapped up or um, you know otherwise they can see the instability of the of the current board. Um, you know your, your Buckleys and. Uh, Ross Lyons and all the rest of it, they've, they've got no interest in, even if Essendon picked up the phone and gave them a call, they've got no interest in uh, taking up a position uh, with Essendon. So, um, yeah, and and quite rightly, because right now, if you weren't assured to have you know a, a fully aligned club under you, what chance do you realistically have for success? And I think that's, um, this is the thing that's, you know, permeated throughout Essendon for the last 20-odd years, Jane. Um where people are, you know, going into like for self-interest, um, th- that boys' club people often talk about, where you know we try to keep each other's jobs alive and, and all the rest of it, you know, despite whether that's the best thing um, for the Essendon Football Club or not. So, um, yeah, 
Right now, um, you know, Barham said he's got a lot of work to do. Absolutely, you do, mate. And the first thing is to you know, get your house in order, have this review done properly. Uh, don't make assumptions um, of what you know, positions or um, administrative actions uh, are going to stay or not stay. That's the job of the review, to make recommendations as to you know what you should um, sort of keep, uh, what you should improve, what you should chuck away. Um, yeah, making preemptive decisions that, oh, no, nah, you know, uh, I don't expect any more positions to change at a board level, I think is um, highly uh, immature for mine if you're serious about doing a proper review. Yeah, exactly. What the review says that you must change these positions, do you then just ignore it? Mm. Um, you know, otherwise, if that's the case, then you shouldn't do the review. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. Um, I think he's just trying to take away speculation who's next to fall. Mm. Um, so he probably didn't handle it well. Like he, again, like he hasn't handled a lot of this media stuff well. Mm. But he's better to say, like, let's just wait for the review. You know, the board's part of the review. Yep. So we may learn things there that um, we're not aware of now. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll be committed to going through that process and you know, taking on board any, you know, information from it. But um, it does sound clear, closed off when you say, oh, no, no, no one's positioned under the threat. Like it's um, mm. all the same, you know, what are you doing it for? Um, I guess... You know, the elephant in the room, mate, is that there is talk about James Heard potentially being sought after. Mm -hmm. Now, we haven't heard from James yet. Um, it's been intimated by uh, Mark Robinson that James will put his hand up. Now, you know me, mate, I'm a strong advocate for James Heard to return. Yep. And I know that won't be universally popular, especially with some Essendon people. Mm. But to me... Uh, he was really given a raw deal, and I know some people scoff at that. But you know, imagine being first year coach, and you've got a great premiership mentor in Bomber Thompson, mm. um, and Bomber is and we love Bomber because he's a part of our Essendon family. Mm. Um, brings around, brings along two of the guys that end up causing the club so much problems. Now I don't know how anyone could say that. James was involved in that. And we saw all these emails where he was adamant. There should be no rules. No, he said he's happy to go through this, you know, scientific stuff that they were doing, you know, peptides and that, but everything had to be ticked off by Asada. Um, so he didn't want to be associated with cheating or anything like that. Mm. Um, and I, I read a lot of the criticism I've heard as being tall poppy syndrome. I really think... Um, you know, people like to cut others down, especially if they're seen to be uh, loved. And uh, I really would love James to get a chance at redemption, but we haven't heard from him yet. We don't know if that's a real possibility. But I was interested listening to Ross Lyons today. Uh, he was asked about would he be interested in the Essendon job? And he said, um, let me give you the lay of the land. This is what the industry is saying at the moment. Uh, now, to get the president to change hands, uh, required Kevin Sheedy to cross the floor to get the spill of the board and actually uh, get to change the president. 
and that president was advocating change, obviously chasing farts. Now, the industry sees it as when Kevin Sheedy did that interview, and we all know Kevin, he speaks in riddles, right? So that is, when you listen to that, you know, he, should, he shouldn't say that if he's a board member, mm-hmm. but that's how Kevin speaks, you know, about the clerks and potentially taking them to Tassie and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's Kevin being Kevin. Yeah. Not Kevin, the board member, and you know, uh, Abe Barham said yesterday, yeah, he's learning. Yeah, you know, he's learning that the board game—it's a different uh, area, and you are representing a whole board, not just yourself. Yep. So your opinions are being uh, seen as you know coming from the board. Um, so Ross Lyons' take was when he did that, he knew that would spoil Clarkson's idea on Essendon at all. Like, he wouldn't want to be surrounded mm. by that kind of, um, you know, media speculation or, you know, you know he would have taken it as a real uh, criticism of the club or, you know, representation of the club. Mm. Um, and in, so Ross Lyon's idea was that, that that was almost deliberate, knowing that. And that Kevin wanted to change a coach and now he'll push hard for James to take the spot that is now vacant. Now, whether that's true, there's a lot of uh, you know, assumptions being made there. Oh, you know, regardless of what it is, they say they're going to go through a thorough process and select the coach based on that process. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, I'd love nothing more to see James Hurd as the senior coach of Essendon Football Club again. Mm. Um, with the right support, I must say. You know, yeah. there's been a little bit of rumours about Choco Williams and James Hurd. Well, I think that would be a dream scenario. Mm. You had in Dean Solomon and potentially even Mark Valley coming across. Um, they're all, you know, possibilities that could happen. Um, but we haven't heard from James, firstly. Secondly, there's a real division on how even Essendon people see James. Yeah. Um, so it would be a hard sell to the members, um, you know, considering you're dividing your supporter base. So if the club does go down that path, they're going to have to be really strong and really own that, knowing that you're going to get criticism both internally and externally. But, you know, as funny as it sounds, I say all that, I still think he's our best choice. Um, but uh, I must admit, I'm a pro-herd um person so I'm biased mm. and um yeah obviously we'll go through this process and other names come up. But mate, what what do you think? What's your first opinion of Heard and secondly, what are some of the other names you consider? Yeah, I mean with Herdy, look, yeah, I've obviously loved him growing up. Um and I'm I'm the same as you, Jamie, absolutely got thrown under the bus. And um to me when we're talking about the history of the Essendon Football Club um, and our lack of culture over the last 20 years, like that's the, the biggest thing that stands out to me is you know, like you look at the, you know, the ridiculous ways that our, our cap was managed previously that led to the exit of, you know, Hard, Hardwick, um, Carousella, Blumfield, you know, from that premiership side. Um, and realistically, like that list put together, Jane, um like it really should have uh, achieved much more than one premiership. 
you know, from there, we've made all these decisions, like, and which led to you know, Kevin Sheedy um, effectively playing his same old, like, you you play the like the senior guys and not really blood the young, young blokes. Um, and which led to, yeah, we'd, we'd hover around the sort of 10th to, to 8th position, but we were never serious uh, contenders uh, for the top four, let alone the flag, uh, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, so from there, they're like, all right, well, you know, Sheedy's got to go. Um, so we went with Matty Knights and, yeah, that was a, a bit of a debacle. We, I mean, we we had the best wins, but we had some shocking losses. We just got opened up so badly. Um, yeah, from there we made another a number of you know um, I suppose dubious appointments without due process. Um, you know, obviously, and Heard was one of those. Um, you know, without due process, I mean, it it was a sham protest by the by the sounds of it, and you know, which you know, obviously, a lot of people. Um, Got well. Why would I could put myself through a process if Essendon's already got a, um, yeah, you know, a pre-selected position on this, but they're just going to, you know, put her through anyway? And we're we're still paying for those sorts of decisions um, because no one's got faith in how Essendon's administration runs uh, business processes. Um, now, honestly, when when Herd came on that time um, was the first time in a long time that I thought oh, we can build towards something again. Because uh, you think, yep, we we got her um, brought along. Bomber as a mentor. Uh, Sean Wellman um, came back to the club. Um, yeah, we seemed to. Yeah, Goodwin was there. We had quite a lot of um, yeah, a, a lot of clout in that coaching box, James. Um, so we seemed to put some bodies around him. But then, obviously, uh, the unfortunate things we brought in. Yeah, the, the weapon and Dank. Um, Mind you, yeah, and I'll always stress this, Dank also, you know, did some work for the Geelong Football Club. He done work for the Gold Coast Football Club. Uh Melbourne, if I uh, if I'm not um you know incorrect there, Jane. Um did you hear anything about those clubs being investigated for any reason? Um I certainly didn't. And I certainly didn't, even when Nathan Bock, playing for the Gold Coast at the time, talked openly about, oh, you know, I just go to the um, you know, what's in the little kiosk there or I grab me stuff out of there and off I go. Um, nothing of, of that was sort of mentioned. Um, post-history, um, obviously once the saga kicked off, um, it was the Essendon Football Club and, you know, for mine, blokes like Dave Evans um, uh, and that, they just go, okay, we'll throw, throw Herdy under the bus um, and like I suppose the rest is history from there. So in terms of James Heard, I think he was very harshly done by. Um, however, I will say um, his naivety at the time, um, and I mean that in the in the most kindest sense of the word, James, his naivety at the time um, did lead to him trusting people in positions where perhaps, you know, obviously in, in retrospect, he wouldn't have done. Um, he would have had far more oversight over some of those things. That shouldn't be solely on the coach's position. Yeah, that's that should have been on the CEO. It should have been on you know, your footy operations manager. It should have been on all these things. Um, um, but unfortunately, it was it was James Heard that you know took the bullet. Um, and for mine, that is a you know the I suppose the saga as a whole aside, like that leaving a bloke out to dry, a bloke who has been the hero for so many you know on the field. Um, 
yeah, as well as yeah, stuff he's done off the field, you know, leaving a bloke like that out to dry is a massive blight on the Essendon Football Club for mine, Jane. Um and you know, realistically, when I you know remember that period of him coaching Essendon, um, we were starting to play some really good footy. Um, we had some guys in that team, Jane, I don't think world beaters. You had you know, Sam Lonigan, Ben Howlett, um, you had uh, Hocking. Like these guys were you know hard edged players, but neither of them could run out of sight on a dark night, you'd have to say. Mm. Uh, none of them were you know, super skillful. Um, yeah, you had blokes like Brett Stanton, who was an absolute gut runner, uh, but was shocking on, on disposal, I'd have to say, um, as much as I loved him. Um, and that list he had, I don't reckon is anywhere near as talented as the current list we have today. Um, but they were harder edge, they were more senior bodies. Um, and to to get that, I suppose he got everything out of those players for mine, Jane. Um, so does um Hurdy have it in him to to successfully coach a side towards you know a premiership till? I, I absolutely believe that. Um is he ready right now to take the reins again? I think the reality is, yeah, it's trial by media. Um the the, the and um you know it, it would be a, a very strong decision to install him as head coach again. I don't think Essendon has a gumption to do that. However, uh, that wouldn't rule him out of coming to the, the club at any level. I'd personally love to see him come in as assistant coach um, and, yeah, have a strong hand such as a Mark Williams um, as that head coach. Um, I guess, yeah, if... if like, Because I, I still think we need someone in that head coach role who will be able to push back against the board um, that isn't an Essendon person um, and who's not going to get involved in the politicking and, and all the rest of it um, and will speak his mind openly um, because that's not only required you know, in terms of administration and all the rest of it, um, but like it needs to go both ways um, because, yes, he answers to the board and, and should, you know, I suppose, manage up um, and also take direction from the board, but also he needs to make the players beneath him accountable um, and that's one thing that I think is a massive failing of, of Ben Rutten. Um, I think that the players didn't play for him. Uh, he wasn't able to inspire them to get performance. Whereas I think a a, 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 a Choco um, has been proven in the industry uh, to be trusted, you know, with his ability to you know, develop young players, bring them along the journey uh, as a really good educator in footy. So I, I think, you know, Choco would be a, a great candidate Um that senior coaching role, um, yeah. You look at the other names. I, I personally, I mean, even if they weren't like we're interested, I wouldn't want to touch buddy Ross Lyon with a barge pole. I think he, he's okay once a list is already developed to get them into a, uh, I suppose, um, a challenging position. But they they play such a dour brand of football under him um, that uh, I don't think it's you know likely to come out in premiership success. Other other coaches out there. I mean, you um, you hear about you know, Uzes, um, you hear about um, yeah guys like um, Adam uh, Kingsley. Yeah, Kingsley. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, who like very experienced, but just haven't had their own side under them. So um, those yeah really experienced guys, you'd 
um, you'd, you'd hope of being sounded out. Um, yeah, with a GNC accuser um, wants to have a crack, but honestly, Jam, because uh, he was looking after a backline this year, and I can't say we we made leaps and bounds there, so I'm not sure he's the guy to take the senior role for us. Likewise with Carousella, um, you know, his one of his main roles, Jam, was to that sort of mid to forward transition. We've been absolutely appalling at that all season. Uh, and that's not only attacking, but also in transition into defence because we've been opened up time and time again. So if Blake Carousella's you know, resume is, oh, look, you know, I, I was responsible for this, I can't say that was a resounding success. Um, so, um, yeah, and then I suppose the only, only other one that sort of leaps out is you know, Don Pike. Obviously, you know, he's got the uh, Adelaide training camp behind him. Um, but, you know, for more reports, he has been able to implement more attacking styles of play. Um, you know, at Sydney in particular, the last couple of years. I mean, for a long time, they, you know, they've had good players, but they haven't been able to play that attacking brand to get higher scores. Um, they've now been able to sort of implement um, better ways to to goal. Um, but for mine, the the thing that Essendon really lacks in is um, its defensive mindset. Um, guys running both ways, so. Um, the first thing we actually need is someone who's going to make the, the players accountable um, for both the offense and the defense. And um, yeah, for mine personally, oh, I'd, I'd love a Choco Williams to come along. Um, but if it's a Kingsley or an Uze, someone who, um, you know, has shown really good promise and is well experienced and uh, well regarded in the game. Um, yeah. We, we'd have to look at. I'm going to say a name, mate. Hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to say a name, and it's unlikely. Like, you know, I don't think Ken Hinckley will be interested in the job. Mm. But of the current coaches, if Brisbane lose their first final, could you see a situation where Brisbane cast away Chris Fagan? Because I could, because they've been there or thereabouts, haven't been able to get over the edge. Mm. And Fagan is a brilliant educator of young footballers, mm. which is, I've thought we've got a very young list. And he's come from strong programs. Yeah. So, look, he's not available and he's coaching Brisbane as of now. But I could almost see uh, that being a mutual decision if Brisbane were to be bundled out of this year's finals. Here's a potential to be approached, um, you know, and be offered a pretty good contract by the Bombers, potentially with a herd as a assistant or, you know, an up-and-coming coach they think could take the reins later on down the track. So, yeah, I'd say watch this space on that one, particularly if, uh, you know, Richmond were to beat Brisbane uh, Thursday week, uh, I think that's a real possibility that could come into play. And as I said, someone like that, he's had so much coaching experience, like forever and a day coaching, he could be a really good get. Well, look, he, he absolutely would be. Um, you know, how likely it is, I, I, I doubt it. But um, I still think, 
you know, we'd need a, a team of coaches. Um, like, so you, you couldn't just have one main man. Um, like, yes, you have your, your main coach, but you'd need solid coaches under him. So, like, you know, whether you'd go, yep, let's bring in, you know, Chucko and a Fagan. I'm obviously being, you know, dream, <laughs> dreaming here, but like, I, I reckon you need, um, you know, I suppose different different lines and more, um, uh, I suppose solid blokes around the club. And you know, if it's the case where, um, yeah, as we understand, you know, Heard, Solly, and McVeigh want to be a bit of a trio, um, you know, do you bring them all in? Um, the risk there, I see, is they're all former Essendon people, um, and you know, once Essendon got its hooks into you, they try to you know pull on old loyalties. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to think that those, um, yeah, particularly Solly and um, and McVeigh, are strong enough to say, "Nah, this is what I want to do." Um, I'm happy to listen to your opinion, but um, yeah, to basically stick to their ground. Um, but I mean, that's a, a name I haven't seen tossed up before, James. Um, no, I don't think it's been tossed up anywhere. It's just that I would think there's some frustration from Brisbane if they were to be bundled out. Mm. They haven't had good finals, um, you know, appearances mm. under Fagan. They've mm. done well during the home and away. Um, just haven't quite got over the edge. And I'm, I'm not sealing their fate like they could possibly beat Richmond when they play. And you can put that to bed. But it's more if they got bundled out first week of the finals. Mm. Uh, he may be gettable in a sense that if you offer him a good contract, and you know, you get your ducks in a row. Yeah, you know, that gives us another couple of weeks to yeah, you know, kind of approach him and hopefully look a little bit more solid mm. and see, you know, if there's a possibility. But he's just one I, I thought of that would suit our young list. There's about another name for you, Jane. Um, Brad Scott. Yeah, well, I I like his energy. Um yeah, I didn't like it when he was at North. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the last two coaches in Warswold and Rutten, they both were too calm, in my view. Like, yeah. You never heard real motion coming out of them or, you know, even strong reactions to things. Um, and I think we desperately need that in our next coach. Mm. Uh, whether he wants to get back into coaching is another thing. I know uh, his brother Chris said he hopes Brad never goes back into coaching because he knows how bad a life it is to be a coach. Mm. Um, and he's got a pretty cushy job in the AFL. Yep. And he took North to a prelim, mate, with pretty average list. And you know, we know North are pretty under-resourced. So he certainly can coach with limited resources. We might be interesting to see how he would coach with much better resources. Mm. And, yeah, like it, it's a name I would certainly consider. Uh, as I said, whether he's interested in going back to coaching is another equation. But I, I hated the Scots when they were at Brisbane. Um, obviously, yep. around our time when we were challenging and, you know, obviously they got us in 2001. But, um, yeah, I'd certainly consider that name. If uh, if that's the path we wanted to go down, mm. only because I, as I said I, I just think you know, emotive coaches can really catch your players, and I think one of the big issues our last two coaches have 
I don't get a sense. The players may have liked them because they were easy to talk to and that, but I, I just don't get a sense they were challenged or pushed yeah. in the right direction. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that, I mean, you see some reports, whether it's just rumours and, and all the rest of it, but you see some reports where, yeah, like they thought he was a good guy and all the rest of it. They were fairly indifferent to him. Um like Ben Rutten. And not, I dare say they would have been fairly indifferent to Wurzbold as well. Um, yeah, they're not the sort of characters that drive that strong emotion. And um, yeah, like you mentioned previously, Jane, like <laughs> you still remember playing footy and you know, the, the yeah. coach would rev you up and you'd go out thinking you could run through brick walls. And yeah. I, I don't think you know, Ben Rutten or Wurzbold would inspire that kind of performance. Um, so um, I guess at the end of the day, like in terms of raising the, the names of all these coaches, um, you know, realistically, what I expect as a member is Essendon is making approaches to anyone and everyone and, and listening to people who put their hand up, um, you know, to to become um, the next coach of Essendon and they be sounded out appropriately um, because, yeah, if we go down this one track of going, oh, yep, I've you know, heard of this bloke, he seems all right, let's bring him in. No, we need to do proper due diligence in the process um, and get the... I suppose it's not just the one one position of head coach. We need to set a appropriate team around um, yeah, the, the coaching lineup. Um and I suppose really get back to basics and go, okay, what do we what do we actually want? But I think at the end of the day, whoever we choose, Jane, um really Essendon needs to be strong here and not um, I suppose back down to the court of public opinion. Um, you know, whoever it is, whether it's a James Hearn or whether it's um I know Solomon McVeigh, whatever you know, people will come for us. Whoever we we go for, they'll say, "Oh, you know, Essendon just looks after Essendon people and all the rest of it." We have to be ruthless and say, "You know, we've been through this process. We've chosen this person or this team as the um, the guys are going to bring us through, and we think they are going to um, lead us to premiership success, premiership success." Stuff what the media thinks. Um, you know, for too long we've been beholden to. You know, whatever the AFL or um, you know, AFL media widely um, thinks or doesn't think about Essendon, we have to go back to being a ruthless football club that strives to excel in like performance on the field uh, rather than trying to toe the line and be the nice guys all the time. That's one thing I'm I'm certainly sick of. Um, yeah, as a, as a member for yeah these these past years, mate. Yeah, well, I think you know ultimately, you know. The deadline they've given is probably the end of September to have in place what they would like. And obviously, it's only trade week about a week after that. So, uh, you know, obviously, they want to have a coach in place for that. Uh, so, like, that, that's going to be really interesting to see, if, uh, you know, how quickly this process is going to be, who's going to conduct it, because they talked about getting some internal people on this uh, selection committee, but also some external. Now, if you remember our previous external ones, we asked Terry Wallace to be involved. And I heard Terry Wallace mention in the media, he felt that all that time and effort he put into it, they didn't even take any of his uh, information on board. Mm. Uh, this is when we hired Bert um, yep. Thompson. And I know he was really disappointed in that and just felt like he was used. Uh, yep. you know. So 
I think even getting external people to be part of this, you know, might be a hard sell. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it's going to be done, especially if they already feel like this is just a, you know, a James Heard uh, excuse to be appointed. Mm. So I think we'll learn more once we know what uh, James Heard's you know, aspirations are. And in some ways, if he doesn't want the job, it may open up our selections. Yep. Because uh, I think people are going to have preconceived ideas on what we're running if he's up against them. So, you know, being such a legend of the club, you know, he's seen as the messiah mm. and a wronged messiah. You know, in many ways, like he was, you know, really wore a penalty he shouldn't. And, you know, a lot of people see it that way. So uh, some people will be thinking, you know, here's the chance for redemption. But, you know. Whereas others, mate, they say he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. I guess all speculation from here. And, you know, I've really taken note of the media bullying the hell out of us, mm. you know, running our club through the muck. And, look, there's no doubt we've helped them do that. Yeah. But we're not a bad footy club, mate. We've, we've made some bad decisions. You know, we're in a poor state in terms of, finals representation and so forth, but we've still got 85,000 members. You know, we've still got the best resources that, you know, you could possibly ask for. So I can't see why we wouldn't be attractive to coach. And also, if I'm a prospective coach and they've got a club out there that hasn't won the final in 18 years, can you imagine how revered you'd be if you lead them to a finals win. Mm. Yeah. Because um, I read a stat, or sort of start a statement, um, Essendon's last final win that did not involve Kevin Cheedy was in 1968. So we've only won a final under Kevin Cheedy and prior to that, 1968. That's Bring amazing. him back then, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Get him off the board and get back in the coach's box. But um, yeah, that's where that's you know that's what I would think is a real challenge. I, I'd you know I'd be amazed if people you know when they're doing their background if they really wanted to be a coach, that surely has to be at your back of your mind. Like, these people haven't had any success. Imagine I can bring them, you know, a level of success. Mm. You know, I'll I'll be remembered, you know, as an immortal almost because you know, a generation hasn't seen Essendon uh, be successful in the finals win or you know, anything. So mm. anything on top of that's just cream. But yeah, you know, I just think that that would be a wonderful thing on your resume if you can lead a club that's so you know bereft of any success. Any form of success, you would be seen as a. That would be a really good thing on your resume. Certainly would, mate. Um, and I guess with that, I mean, you took you said there, like it's been a generation since. I mean, you know yourself, you've got yeah, you know, twenty year old girls who 
never seen a finals win. Dave Barham said his daughter's 21, never seen a finals win. That sort of stuff, it's it's heartbreaking, mate. Like I've, I've got young kids myself. Um, it's very hard to get them interested in football when you when your team is um, you're not, you know, not as great as it um as your dad makes it out to be or your mum makes it out to be. Um, and I guess one thing that um I hope the Essendon Football Club takes note of is you need to stop relying on past success as an indicator of like any sort of right to future success. Um, you know, Dave Barham in his own speech said, oh, you know, we've got all these great players at the club. You got Heard, you got Lloyd, all the rest of it. No one cares, mate. Like that was years ago. Like they achieved success 22 years ago, Jane. Um, and we haven't you know, seen the likes of that since that time. You've got to stop saying, oh, we've got 16 flags. You know, we've, we've got all these great things. Fantastic. But who cares right now? Like we've been irrelevant as a football club in terms of the AFL competition for so long. You cannot keep, you know, relying on old war stories uh, about remember how good we used to be um, because realistically it's not going to help us achieve anything. It's not going to help us get to, you know, that 17th Premiership Cup that we all want to be there for. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's one thing like Essendon really needs to learn. You've got to stop drinking your own bathwater See what's actually out there. See what best practice looks like, um, and yeah, stop bloody, you know, hiring your mates and looking after your own jobs. Um, and that's one thing I really hope this external review will um, uh, come out in. And I want to say with that external review, Jane, because we all know we haven't seen anything of that internal review uh, that doesn't get released. I think you know at least parts of this external review should be released and and discussed with the members and say this is what we found. Um, you know, X, Y, and Z, we need to work better in these areas um, because, you know, if we keep trotting out the same crap, like you know, purposeful innovation and all this rubbish, Jane, which means nothing but, you know, gobbledygook, um, yeah, we need to see, you know, real actions and, and real change uh, because right now, yep, there's been a challenge. Yes, the president's been, um, uh, been ousted and replaced, but that's all we've seen right now. So, um yeah, Dave Barham and, and Co certainly have the work cut out for them. Breaking news that doesn't uh, actually affect Essendon yet, but it could. Uh, Tom Brown has just broken news. Adam Kingsley has agreed to a three year deal as the senior coach of the GWS Giants. Ooh. So, with him becoming the coach, Adam Uze is you know, available. Had a lot of coaching experience, uh, you know, admittingly as an assistant, but in really good programs, mm. uh, obviously Hawthorne and Melbourne. Uh, so I think Adam Kingsley, uh, sorry, I, I think uh, Adam Uze suddenly comes a real uh, real chance to be the next coach of Essen. I, I really do. I know he hasn't had experience at the senior level, but You've got to say, understand, Dave Barham didn't really say that it had to be at senior level experience. Mm. So I would think, yeah, Uze might be a real opportunity for Essendon. Oh, well, it's, uh, I suppose it's limited our selections further. Um, and again, points to the, like, 
we've come late to the party, but um, yeah, I guess we'll see how we go. But in any case, um, you know, I don't want us to jump at shadows. I don't want us to just go, oh, yep, um, now that he's gone, we better get Uze before anyone else grabs him. I want us to do proper due diligence process um, to find the best um, person or people for the job. I guess the point on that, mate, is that um, we don't have to jump anymore. Mm. There's no more uh, coaching availability at the moment. You know, uh, we talked about Brisbane earlier, but I think that would be the only team in the finals that made it that could possibly make a, a change at the coach's box. Mm. Um, so we're not in competition with anyone now. It's just us uh, with the one job open. So, yeah, we can still take go through the process, but obviously you want to have your best, the best people available. And oil reports, uh, Adam Uze would be a, a really good person to potentially have in your club. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he's part of the coaching process. Absolutely, mate. Let's have a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to do our votes, but we'll also just quickly summary of the game. We won't go through it quarter by quarter. Just a quick summary of the game on Saturday night. Do our votes and anoint our winner. Um, and, yeah, well, that'll be after the break. And mate, we go to a quick summary of the game on Saturday uh, night. Uh, uh, it was uh, the final game of the truck era, mm. so to speak. Yeah. You know, I thought we put up a good effort in the first half, three goals down at half time. And then, you know, Richmond were able to just run away with the game in the end, winning by 11 goals. But I think the thing that really stood out to me was how many goals Richmond got just coast to coast or, you know, just balls landing in the goal square and running mm. onto them and really showed for all the defender that uh, Ben Rutten was and the coaching experience in that back line, I think that was his real uh, poor stuff that never really got transferred onto our teams. Our yeah. defensive actions and to be 18th overall in defensive actions, and then yeah, that's it over the competition 18th mm. for the bottom line. Yeah. Um, and to have like one of the worst percentages, uh, you know, as much as truck feels hard done by over that last week, uh, I still think it was the right call because you know, I listened to truck's uh press conference after the game. Mm. He's basically pleading. He goes, I know we can do it. I know we can do it. I just need that chance. You know, he's almost pleading, you know, give me that chance and I'll I'll get you there. I just kept thinking to myself, but Ben, there's no evidence that that would happen. Mm. You know, you haven't given us any scope to think that could possibly happen because even last year when we made the finals, we still opened up too easily. You know, when it really was dependent on how much of our running game got going. Yep. And when we could score ourselves, mm. um, we never really saw a strong defensive side. And yeah, I just think for Ben, I hope he's learned from his coaching days at Essendon now that, you know, I believe he's got, it was reported in the 
on the radio, mate, he's had about eight offers from other clubs to work for them mm. uh, already. So yep. that's true. That's amazing and, and well done to him because, you know, you don't want to hear anyone falling ahead of work. And I know he's well compensated for that year that he's not um, going to be coaching anymore. But still, you know, feel like it's the last chance he probably got to coach a senior side because it'll be hard for him to get a second opportunity, you think. So, yeah, I feel for him in that regard, but him and his family should be okay, especially financially with the offers that he'll get and obviously with the added money for not working as well, you know, <laughs> getting 600000 to have a year off or, you know, go straight into another job. Uh, okay. I'd, I'd take that opportunity, mate. Yeah, I reckon I'd, uh, I'd jump on board as well, mate. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's sort of funny yet because no one likes to see other people lose their job. But, like, Reality is, it's a it's a pretty ruthless business. Um, you know, if you're not performing, um, then yeah, you know, the the writing sort of comes on the wall. And as you say, James, um, it's a defensive aspect that's been particularly disappointing. Um, I mean, in the last you know three games, we've um, we've gone down to uh, GWS, who you know didn't make all that much of the um, of the season. Um, Port obviously gave us a proper panting and then uh, yeah another eleven goal uh, drubbing against uh, against the Tigers so it's um yeah pretty pretty disappointing there and um, I did want to say Jamie we didn't get onto it earlier but um, with the sacking of um, yeah Ben Rutten and the instability at the board level and whatever uh, apparently Byron reached out to um, Heppel and the leadership group um, and yeah by reports obviously I don't know. The actual ins and outs of the conversation, but by reports, um, Hebel was um, pretty damning towards um, you know Barham and the board for their decision to sack Ben Rutten and um, had some terse words uh, to say, um, you know, about the handling of it all. And you know, those words are fair. However, um, you can't be a member of this team, Jane, and and tell me the the coach was was doing all right. Um, the like. The players effectively voted with their feet by the performances they put out there, if you can call it performances, realistically, Jane. Um, because like we're getting beaten, you know, by 10 goals. I think our average losing margin is about, you know, 30, probably reaching up to 40 odd points um throughout the season, which tells you you're largely uncompetitive, um, yeah, for most most games. So um, yeah, for the yeah, for the leaders or supposed leaders of um, of the team uh, to now come out and say, oh, geez, you know, we, we were really backtracking. Um, that's that's crap for mine. Um, yeah, obviously the, the the team weren't buying into the message um, or the game plan that Track was trying to implement. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I do think the uh, the players bear some responsibility for, uh, for the decision, albeit it was the board that actually um, had to execute that. Um, on the on the day, um, but yeah, in terms of the actual game itself, James, um, yeah, as you say, like that first half we were sort of in there, but you just got the feeling at any stage Richmond were going to pull away, um, and as and that's sort of played out in that second half, um, yeah, it's like they scored, yeah, you know, seventy four for the next um, for the next two quarters uh, to our twenty seven. So effectively, like times three almost, um, you know, of our of our score for that second half, uh, we were largely uncompetitive. 
um, for that. Yeah, you know, we had a lot of passengers on the night, Jane. Um, you know, blokes who I, I don't know, just either <laughs> weren't up to playing for the night, their heads weren't in the right space. And, um, yeah, we heard truck after the game say, so, oh, we, we asked too much for the players. Well, personally, if, if your one job is to be a, a football player, to, you know, to play football, um, and you paid very well for that, um, I would suggest, um, you know, part of your performance should be being able to you know, perform under scrutiny when things aren't going so well, um, to have pride in your performance. And we obviously saw that with a, a few players, um, but unfortunately we had a bunch of blokes who, um, um, I know we're happy to collect the paycheck, but um, not necessarily put their head over the footy. That's just how I saw it, Jane. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, one of the things that came out of it was that truck was loved by the boys, but I think a lot of that was because there was no standards, there was no uh, consequences, you know, for poor performance. You know, from afar, that's what it looks like. Um, so, of course, you know, if I've got a boss that doesn't put any pressure on me, you know, will stick by me even when I'm performing badly, uh, I can see why they stuck up for him. Uh, there's reports that, you know, last night, Majority of the players went to his home, you know, and uh, you know, really miserated with him. And you know, as you mentioned earlier, they've grilled our president. Let's just make one thing clear, boys: you're play paid to play football. If the club and the board think there's a new coach needs to come in, you can have an opinion. That's fine, and maybe you should be consulted if that's the way we're going. But don't think you can set the agenda. That's what I would say. Like, that's what directors are for. Mm. And, you know, this entitlement, none of our players are good enough to have an entitlement. That's what I would think. You know, the club sets the structure. You know, there's some talk out there, and I, I can't believe this. I'll, I'll put it out there, but I don't believe it to be true. But enough people are saying that Michael Early, who just retired, is he going to accept the coaching job within Essendon? It's being referred to him that he's advising them to leave the club some players who feel disgruntled because of the uh, uncertainty of what they're stepping into. And I, I think that would be a disgraceful action from a prospective coach of yours to do that. And I'm not saying it's happened, but there's enough people putting it out there. So uh, I know rumours are rumours and, you know, Sometimes you look silly when you float them, but I've, I have read that multiple times from different sources. And, yeah, you know, I can't believe that to be true because look how much love we had for Hurls on Saturday night when he kicked that goal. And, mm. you know, it was a great moment. You know, even the Richmond players got around him. And, you know, uh, I'm really glad he got that goal. But, yeah, you know, I'd be disappointed if one of our players has been a one-club player and very, very loyal was then on passing to teammates they should leave. I, you know, I'm very dubious of that. Well, I mean, like with that, Jamin, it's all about perspective, isn't it? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I doubt he would be saying it like that. You know, perhaps the comment has been like, you know, people have been disgruntled and he said, well, if you're not happy, then leave. Like if you're not going to be aligned with the club, um, you know, seek your fortunes elsewhere because we need to be aligned if we're going to be successful. Yeah, obviously we don't know whether these conversations have taken place or not. Um, 
as you say, there's enough, I suppose, rumour mill out there uh, to say there's some something happening, whether it's involving Michael Hurley or not. Um, I don't think it would be um, you know, unreasonable for a uh, for a lot of the players to be feeling pretty uneasy at the moment. I think that would be a completely reasonable thing to think. And, you know, they always say, James, if the troops aren't complaining, there's something wrong. So, um, you know, if if it is the case, some players are grumbling. Um, yeah, that that's fair. There's there's forums for that. Uh, but there's a right way of, and a wrong way of going about things. And certainly I would hope that no one within the uh, Essendon Football Club is... Uh, you know, encouraging other players to to leave, um, you know, for better prospects. Um, but um, yeah, it's it is interesting how, um, I suppose, actions for mine speak much louder than words, and it's all right to to say, oh, we're fully behind Ben Rutt and all the rest of it. But for mine, the performances uh, simply didn't substantiate that. Um, yeah, at any stage, realistically, during the season, um, yeah, you look at you know. That vision of Hind, um, you know, when Rutt was on the bench next to him, um, he literally tapped him on the foot, like on the knee. Um, you know, he was staring at him intently to have a conversation with him, and Hind completely ignored him. Hind's come out and said, oh, no, I wasn't ignoring him at all. I was disappointed in the decision that was made and blah, blah, blah. That's crap for mine. Um, you know, take some ownership and responsibility. You were feeling grumpy and upset, and you didn't want to, you know, interact with the coach. You can say that. Um, and say, yep, I should be better than that. Don't tell me you weren't ignoring him because that, um, like that to me, if someone's tapping you on the um, on the knee, looking at you intently, and you're deliberately looking away from them, um, that's that's disrespect. So I, I think Truck did lose the players, um, and while the um, the players might now um, have, um, you know, a better, I suppose, a different recollection of uh, of how things transpired, I think the um, performances our Percentage, yeah, win loss ratio, ratio, um, yeah, the way we were able to be opened up so easily because players weren't, you know, running both ways. All of that ties into the fact that no one was um, buying into Truck's game plan, um, and yeah, we, I suppose you get um, where we are at the end of the day. Where, um, you know, coach, uh, you know, runs now, you know, obviously got a few um, uh, job opportunities in front of him, but that is not as coach of the Essendon Football Club. No. Um, and yeah, that's that was the end of the season. So we uh, saw the boys go down and finish up with a 7-15 and 15 season. And I don't think any of us saw that coming at the start of the year, you know, after making the finals. And just the way we lost in some of those games. And, and that's where I really agree with Dave Barham. We were uncompetitive five or six games and, you know, some five of the Five or six a bit generous, I reckon. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, t- totally uncompetitive, you know, yeah. like, just absolutely wiped off the park, you know. I'll never forget round one. Uh, that was just a horrendous performance against Geelong. And, you know, it just got worse, you know. Some of the games, I remember Freo and Marvel, uh, that was another game where we didn't rock up. Obviously, the Port Adelaide game was absolutely shocking. Uh, mm. You know, even the GWS game, mate, we're just totally out of our depth. And, yeah, Geelong you know, at the start of the season. Yeah, that's right. Round one, that was Geelong. And, you know, I, I just really think even that game, our first win of the year against the Crows, we just got up by four points and mm. it was a horrible game of footy. Yeah. Um, so I just think that, you know, we've made the right call. We've gone about it the wrong way. But, 
yeah, I think we needed that coaching change. Uh, how much change will come over the off-season, time will tell. How much does this affect our uh, opportunities of trading in players? Uh, you know, I think that will have an impact. Yep. You know, this negative media and I guess the, uh, I guess managers will be talking, you know, oh, do, would you want to put a young boy, would you want to transfer into that kind of environment, you know, whatever it's perceived. Mm-hmm. It may be a hard sell, you know. I would love, you know, I watched Josh Dunkley's game yesterday against Hawthorne and, geez, he'd be a player, mate. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to get him across, but by all reports, if he's leaving, he's going to Port Adelaide now. So, uh, you know, really, it's going to be a hard sell to attract talent, mm-hmm. you know, in you know, established players. I, you know, Cam Zaha, Zaha, sorry, was the one player we were really interested in. And then there's been reports now that Clarkson signed on at North that he'll recommit to North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes you wonder, like, yeah, yeah, Adrian Dodoro's, uh he's obviously got his uh, people who, who are against him, but he's got a huge month and a half you know, to propel this list. Uh, another thing that I threw for thought, mate, was that uh, I think with the retirement of Michael Hurley, there's only three players over the age of 28 mm. on our list. Yep. And they were um, Phillips, Heppel and Shield. Yep. So, you know, considering how young a list we are, are we going to, you know, look at, some senior players to come in. I've heard Gunston's name mentioned um, as a possible target for us, and I think he could be a good acquisition. He's a free agent, uh, non-restricted, non-restricted. So if you can, yeah, unrestricted free agent. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, non-restricted, unrestricted. <laughs> but if you could offer him, yeah, he only has to agree to terms. Um, obviously, his dad was our standing CEO, if you remember. Um, as the saga was going on, and he passed away this year, uh, which is a bit sad. But yeah, it'd be nice if we could get some senior bodies in, and especially from successful programs, because you know, apart from Jake Stringer, he's the only one that's played in a premiership, I believe, in our side. So, um, you know, like I think get that, get some senior heads around the club away from just Essendon people. Mm. Um, and they might drive standards higher. You know, they might get here and say, you know, we've got to do more. You know, this is, you know, at Hawthorne, for example, when we were in our prime, we were doing this. You know, like, get that feedback, try and um, and get, you know, other players' opinions, not just solely who lived and breathed the bombers. Yeah, well, hopefully, when if you if, if someone like that does come across, they uh, talk about the importance of um, practice for yeah, set shot goals um, yes. or goal kicking in, in general. That's one area where we've been absolutely woeful all year and, and have um, paid the price for our inaccurate um, ways in front of goal. And a tackling coach would be nice, mate. Oh, bloody uh, hope. <laughs> uh, some of our intent to tackle has got to be some of the poorest in the competition. Mm. Uh, you know, just, again, it's just... I really think that stuff can be trained into you as well. So, what do you uh, reckon? Bring back uh, Nick Comer or Damien Peverell for uh, <laughs> tackling coach. Yeah, well, look, uh, 
Nick Comer, I always remember how hard he tackled. He was, you know, for a player that didn't play that many games with the Bombers, mm. he still sticks in my mind how hard he would try and tackle players and you know, he really tackled with, with intent to hurt. Mm. You know? So, uh, yeah, hopefully we, we can get an improvement there as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting times this off-season. Uh, I don't think... Uh, it's going to be very stable. It'll be interesting. You know, there's been some floating talk that you know, there may be players wanting to exit the club after this uh, past week. You know, it's really left a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see if that's true and, and what names are, are doing that. Uh, there's only a few, mate, that I would say are non-negotiable. If they really want to go, I'd almost say we'll get the best deal and move them on and have a fresh start. Yep. Uh, you know, I guess the name that's floated the most is Darcy Parrish, mm-hmm. um, who would have the most you know, trade value. Yeah, yeah trade value. I, I, I said I, I hope Darcy doesn't leave because I think he is a good footballer. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess we'll have to wait and see if there is any truth to those players wanting to leave the club after this situation. Yeah. I guess the other one, game, is... Um... Yeah, there's reports that Dyson Heppel's got a, a, a trade report at the level to him from Gold Coast. Um, you know, apparently it's four years with two of those potentially being as a player. Um, yeah, I, I would think he'd have to jump at that because um, I, I personally don't think um, you know, he, he should be uh, captain of Essendon next year, nor should, do I think we should be tabling any offer um, you know, more than one year. I think two years would be too much at, at his age and with the, um, I suppose, his injury history as well. Um, but, that, yeah, I suppose that's the that's one that's come up. I mean, how would you feel about that, Joe? Well, I, I personally, with a change of captain, and, and Dyson's been an incredible uh, yeah, person for the Essendon Football Club. Mm. But I think if, if someone's taking over as captain... I almost feel like there has to be the break where Heppel's gone as well. Yeah. And the reason for that is that if it is Zach Merritt, for example, and he really wants to, yeah, we know he's a much more uh, confrontational captain. Um, yeah, he's going to really hold players to account. You don't want the players then to go and seek a cuddle from Dyson and and get him to be like a mediator between the both of them. Mm. Um, and I really hope, you know, I'm not saying Dyson would encourage that, but I could just see that going down that path and then people coming over to Merrin and say, oh, you're a bit hard on me. Like, you know, mm. But I just don't think that's a good dynamic. Yeah, you know, mm. I'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions here. I don't know if that's the way it would go down, but that's the scenario I pose. So I always think it might be better for Dyson to go, but... On that Gold Coast offer, mate, it was reported that that was initial interest, mm. and then and Gold Coast have kind of relaxed on that. So I don't believe he has that offer anymore, mm. uh, and he's more likely to sign a one-year extension with us. But uh, let's see how the events of the past week uh, make Dyson feel. Mm. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the votes, mate, because uh, we can announce our Doncaster medal vote winner and we kind of know who it is uh, Mm. because he was 
yeah, no one could no one could catch him. And uh, I dare say after this week's game or this past game, uh, even if he was behind, he would have won. So let's go to the votes and maybe you guys go first. Yeah, beautiful. So this one was, uh, well, I do have to say, I had to scratch around to uh, get a couple of the votes. Um, for the one vote, I went for um, Massimo D'Ambrosio. Obviously, he uh, kicked a couple of nice goals uh, there, which is good to see. Uh, but I also really liked that, um, yeah, he he nailed Hurley in that pass to um, yeah to get Hurley's goal. Um, I thought that was really good. He does show um, some good traits, um, Massimo, and um, yeah, certainly um, worth persisting with. Um, yeah, as a small forward, you know, I, I thought, oh, geez, you know, we really do need a, a small defender type, but. Um, it is nice to see someone with a bit of a nouse for goals and uh, a classy kick going inside 50. So, um, yeah, I'm certainly happy with that. Um, yeah, then, then testing that out. Um, my two votes, uh, I went for um, Sammy Draper. I thought, look, you know, <laughs> sometimes he has his moments where you're like, bloody hell, Draper. Um, but at the end of the day, we all know he's um, he's striving for success. He's... Um, He's real hungry for it. I thought he, um, you know, battled really well in the, uh, uh, in the ruck there. And I really liked he, he had the seven clearances uh, for the day. Obviously, he kicked a goal, and um, yeah, I don't know if you saw it, Jane, but yeah, he did the old sue from uh, <laughs> from soccer. So um, I was um, yeah, pretty good from um, from Draper with the soccer off the ground. Um, so yeah, I thought he battled pretty well. Um, so I gave him the two votes. Um, three votes went for Peter Wright. Um, you know, I thought, you know, unfortunately he didn't have his kicking leg on, um, you know, the whole game. But at the end of the day, when you get three goals out of your main forward, um, you know, kick the three goals, two in the end, as well as a goal assist, had the um, eight marks, which is pretty good. Laid a couple of tackles and, um, you know, went into the ruck and had, had seven hit outs as well. Um, yeah, it was really his marking presence that I thought was uh, really on. And, you know, if he'd kicked a few more, um, yeah, it would have been... Would have been nice, but I thought, uh, yeah, let's give him the three votes. Um, uh, four votes, I went for Jordan Ridley. I thought he was really solid for us um, on the night where he didn't have many friends down back, I'd have to say. Um, we were pretty poor structurally down there. Um, had the had the eight marks um, yeah, down back and uh, four intercept possessions. Um, so I thought he had a, a fairly solid game for us. His disposal efficiency wasn't as great as you might like uh, when it's 68.8%. Um, but certainly, um, I thought he had a, a solid night. Uh, and for the five votes, I, I just couldn't go past Zach Merritt. Um, yeah, 37 disposals, um, six tackles, eight clearances, 432 metres gained. Um, yeah, used the ball really well, going at over 80%. Uh, 19 contested possessions to go with. 12 intercept possessions and eight score involvements. Um, that is a professional player that you can follow, Jane, because even in a, a side that performed poorly on the night, he can help hold his head up high. Um, and that's been, you know, throughout numerous games this year where he's been able to continue to perform while others haven't. Um, so I thought that was a fantastic game from Zach Merritt. But what about yourself, mate? How'd you read it? Yeah, I won uh, the five for Merritt. I thought he was easily our best player. Mm. You know, was still clearly a standout. Had so many possessions in that first quarter. You know, he uses the ball pretty well generally. And, you know, I thought he was really good game. And 
six tackles as well. So he really works both ways. And you know, I can see the exhaustion in him you know, watching from the sidelines, mate. He, uh, he got hit a couple of times after long chases and he was down on his haunches, you know, recovering. I just see how much work he's doing. Mm. Uh, that's a real leader to me. And, you know, I can see him definitely being captain next year. I actually gave uh, the four votes to Dylan Shield, mate. I, I know he, uh, he butchers the ball a bit at times. But again, he's gut running and just the way that he really has intent to to get it. I just wish you, you know, we talk about this all the time, mate, just pin his ears back and start having shots at goal rather than these little taps at it. Like, you know, doesn't, yeah. it's like he doesn't have any belief that he can he can kick these kind of goals. But, um, you know, I think that if he added that to his uh, portfolio, he'd be so much of a, a better player. Um, so, you know, he's 29, so he's Getting on to, you know, still be learning. Yeah, he's the, he's one that I I thought really could have um you know, really had more impact on the scoreboard throughout the year as well. You know, he got a lot of the footy. Mm. Uh I gave three votes to Jordan Ridley. Yeah, I thought he really did well, took a lot of strong marks and um yeah, he 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 has Obviously, side uh, issues when he's up against the big boys, but you know, he's very brave and floats across, and he's been given a lot more um, defensive role this year as you know playing one on one. Whether it suited him, I'm not sure. I'd love us to see if we can recruit, you know, a, another key defender. I'd love a Griffin Logue type. I thought he would be a really good acquisition. Mm. Um, and we saw Zerk Thatcher come on as well, which has been great. So hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, you know, we don't have to use Jordan as a basically set half back because uh, he's not suited to that. I mm. think he's better off as the floating one. We gave yeah. um, two votes to Sam Draper. You know, love his effort and the way that he goes about it. You know, trying to yeah win the ball and, and sprint out of the comp and. Uh, sprint out of the centre and so forth, but obviously uh, he doesn't get everything right. But if it was a you know a star for intent, mate, he certainly got that. And um, <laughs> you know, I guess as we go back to the primary school days, we used to get that. But mm. uh, you know, I think he's still a player that really has a bit of personality. And, you know, he really identifies with the bombers. So uh, nice soccer goal, as you say, as well. Mm. And. Just the one vote um, I ended up giving to Peter Wright. He's had a fantastic year, as you say, mate. He didn't kick straight, especially at the start of the game. Um, mm. But, yeah, he kicked three goals too. And, you know, and, you know, he's a pretty pretty good target to go to and he relieves in the rough. So, yeah, that was uh, the way my votes went for the final game. Beautiful. All right. Well, that, um, yeah, obviously... Um... You know, foregone conclusion who, who took it out. But let's, you know, for the sake of the exercise, we'll go through uh, the whole tally, um, you yeah, know, for the 23 rounds this season. And can you do us a favour, mate? Mm. Um, just do a precursor when you get to the final 10 because yeah. I like to I like to um, lock that and then uh, see how it compares with the crime metal modes. Beautiful. Will do. 
All right, so going from the stragglers first, so we've got uh, D'Ambrosio, Heppel and Cutler on three votes apiece. Uh, Alec Waterman on five, Langford on six, as well as McGrath. Stringer and Reed on seven, Hobbs on 10, Durham and Corbell on 12, Kelly and Perkins on 16, Laverde on 18, Brennan Zerk Thatcher on 22. And our top 10, Jane, so we got Matt Guelphy on 23 votes. Um, I believe there's reports that he's going to be re-signing shortly. I sure hope that's the case, mate, because um, uh, he's had an outstanding season this year, I reckon. Uh, number nine, we've got Jordan Ridley on 25 votes. Sam Draper on 33 votes at number eight. At number seven, we've got Peter Wright on 44 votes. Nick Martin on 45 votes at number six. At number five, we've got Darcy Parrish on 56 votes. Number four, we've got Nick Hind on 60 votes. At number three, we've got Mason Redman on 65. Number two, we've got Dylan Shield on 69. And number one, again, we have Zach Merritt on 91. Don's cast medal votes uh, to take out the medal. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And you've got to say, mate, he started the season a bit subpar. Mm. And- that had that injury, and we thought he was going to be out for 10 weeks at one stage. Yeah. Uh, he came back much quicker than we expected. It, I felt initially took a couple of games to get back into it. Then from there, he just so consistent. And, mm. you know, uh, I really hope he, you know, he's invested in the club. Obviously, he's got a long-term contract now. So I really hope he leads us next year. I think it's time for that change, a transition to a new captain. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a new coach. And I think uh, you know, it'd be a great way to to start as a coach to have a captain like Zach Merritt. Yeah, absolutely. Driving standards around the club. All right. Well, we'll have one more break and then we'll come back with By the Numbers. And you're listening to Don's Cast as we fly through, mate, the final by the numbers for the year. And I guess we start off with Andy McGrath. And, mate, uh, I've got to say, I'm really disappointed with his, uh, the way his disposal of the footy was. He, he certainly got effort. He chased hard after the footy and you know, tries to tackle and so forth. But, yeah, I... Yeah, you know, for a number one draft pick, mate, he certainly doesn't feel like he's won. No, I mean, like, and it's funny, you look at the stats and his disposal efficiency is 94.4%, but um, bugger if I know how that is. I, I heard on the sash the other day, they say um, effective kicks, yeah, can effectively mean if it goes over a certain distance, that's an effective disposal because uh, that's the only way I can see you got over, like you got 90-odd percent disposal efficiency, mate. Um, I thought he had a pretty substandard game, despite what the stats might say on the... On the sheet there, you know, seven marks, five tackles, you know, 18 disposals. That all sounds great, but um, I, I thought he had a pretty substandard performance for mine. Yeah. Really needs to knuckle down and, and get a defined spot. Mm. You know, and we all say he plays his best footy in a back pocket now. Yeah. 
um, or half-back flank. Needs to be settled there. Can't be going chasing the footy. Uh, yeah, that's one, that's one hmm. thing that like, really disappointed me, Jane, because so many times he'd run up chasing a kick, or that's certainly how I read it, um, and his man would be out the back and Richmond would just able to waltz in, you know, in an open forward line for them um, and kick, you know, any number of goals from their goal square, which was, um, yeah, really disappointing. Yeah, um, Sam Draper, I found a room for votes for him, mate. Uh, you know, like his endeavour, he's had the 11 disposals, but you know, just the two marks. So that's the one thing I'd say over the summer, I'd love to see him work on his marking and, you know, contested marks and so forth, because I, I really think he should be aiming to try and get that to at least five a game, you know, mm. and, you know, taking those strong marks. He gets in the right position a lot of times. Uh, he had... You know, 23 hit-outs as well. Yeah, he, he certainly tries to charge out of the centre and so forth, but, yeah, he needs a bit of a go-to uh, to be a bit more conventional at times as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he needs a bit more development, but I thought he had a, a decent game without being outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Darcy Parrish found plenty of the footy, mate. 28 disposals, 12 kicks, 16 ambles, four marks and just the two tackles. But again, it's his uh, efficiency getting rid of the footy really uh, hurts us at times. Yeah, it does. I mean, he, he racks up the footy and that's fine, but he doesn't hurt you with it. Um, so I thought he had a pretty average game for mine. Mm. Uh, Jai Colwell, at least he got a full season this year. Uh, mm. Last time, if you remember, he just played, I think it was round one and didn't come back till almost the finals, mate. Um, yeah. So, you know, at least we got him out in the park for a majority of the games. And, you know, he had the eight kicks, ten handballs. Obviously, when Parrish, Shield and, uh, you know, and Merritt are playing on, on ball, his impact is noticeably less. Yeah. Uh, so, it's the 18 disposals and didn't really stand out to me during the game. No, he didn't. And I guess we still have to remember he's only 21 years of age or, or something like that, James. So, he's still a young bloke. I thought he... He played solid throughout the season. You can see the signs are there. He's going to be a, a really good player for us. Um, but there's still plenty of development to go. So, yeah, but an okay game. Uh, but as you say, not outstanding. Zach Merritt, we both discussed this already, mate. Mm. Had a great game. and uh, The six tackles really stands out to me on top of 37 disposals. But another good game. Zach. Absolutely. Down at both ends. So, no, well done to Zach Merritt. Um, I found the second best on was uh, Dylan Shield, uh, you know, with the 28 disposals, 12 kicks, 16 ambles, three marks, three tackles. Um, just the one behind. But, yeah, his gut running and clearance work has been good all year. And I'm not sure where he ended up in the clearances, mate. I know for a majority of the year, he's actually number one centre clearance player in the top. Yeah, I think they got stifled last um, couple of rounds. I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't checked, but... Um... Uh, but uh, no, I mean, he, he did have a, a good game. I guess the only thing for mine was, yeah, just his uh, his decision making at times, whether he, you know, doesn't back himself, where he, he could go and have a ping or, or something like that, um, or he chooses to handball to someone under pressure, um, as opposed to, you know, finding a, a good option with a footy. That's the thing that, um, I really hope he, he works on, but everything else he does so well, like that burst out of the centre there. Um, yeah, that's that real point of difference that yeah, no other player in our midfield has. Um, so I thought he yeah, definitely had a solid game for us. 
Um, sorry, mate. It's just uh, Jordan Ridley, isn't it? Mm, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he had a good game. Um, I thought, you know, again, he's uh, hardly going to stop the bigger body players, but he um, certainly takes a lot of marks. And very reliable in that sense. Yeah, he is, mate. Though, yeah, again, gave him bait, so I thought he had a yeah solid game for us. Um, just wish he's uh, you know, he'd, he'd get his uh, you know, attack and kicking back in order. Yeah, because that's one thing that's been missing this year is it's just he used to have like a laser beam from his foot, you know, where it really set us up into attacks. This year he's been much more contained with his kicking. Uh, um, seems to be self-contained as well, too, mate. Like, um, yeah. he's not. Yeah, there's no reason to do it. It's just that he, he's really not kicking through the ball like he used to. So hopefully that hasn't been coached into him and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see that return next year. Mm. Jaden Laverty, tough day at the office. Uh, you know, uh, only the five marks. Low for him because he usually takes around the 10 marks. But, yeah, you know, again, he was up against a much bigger opponent. Yeah, against Tom Lynch, mate. You feel for him because... Yeah, Laverty battled hard all game, I thought. Um, but was yeah, Tom Lynch just too big, too strong for him. Um, yeah, and Laverty was getting frustrated, gave away a couple of frees. Um, so I think yeah, Laverty definitely had his colours lowered on the night, but it certainly wasn't through lack of effort. Yeah, uh, uh, Archie Perkins, mate, when he returned from that injury, it just wasn't the same, I didn't think. And mm. Pretty disappointing game, I thought, just the seven disposals and yeah, they're all kicks, uh, four marks and just the one tackle. And I noticed, you know, I don't really think he's going to be a really good player for us. Mm. But um, yeah, he just didn't seem to have a lot of drive, you know, when he's running through. So I was wondering if he's still injured or, you know, or not at full mm. full pace because yep. yeah, he's usually a bit more, uh, has a bit more acceleration off the mark. And yep. I noticed he didn't have that. Yeah, I, was, I still think he's not quite right after coming back from that injury, but they obviously uh, just want to get games into him, which, um, you know, I'm I'm happy with. I, I think he's certainly a player worth uh, persevering with and developing. Um, so, uh, yeah, not his best showing, but definitely better for the run. Yeah, this will be the last time we say this player's name, mate, Michael Early, um, mm. or at least in the playing sense. Um, yeah, we saw him kick that wonderful goal, you know, that really – Capped off a sour night for us, but it was probably the best moment of the game. Mm. Uh, the excitement in the crowd was fantastic, and you know, it's great to see his family celebrating. As you know, he took the mark and then went back and kicked the goal. Mm. Uh, obviously, he was limited to what he could do. You know, still not peak fitness, obviously. And yeah, I thought you know, his endeavour was there, but you, know, you can honestly see why you know, he's retiring. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, bodies let him down. Uh, even if the mind wanted to go on. Um, so uh, well done to him for uh, uh, for kicking the goal and um, yeah, good on the boys for trying to get involved in the game, like kicking to him on a few few occasions. Um, that was good to see. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll see uh, what role the club have planned um, for him in uh, in the years to come. Yeah, Nick Hind, I, I nearly gave him a vote. I thought he's another player that tried very hard. You know, and again, we shouldn't reward him just for trying hard, but you know, he gives us a lot of drive and run. And you know, a few of the Richmond boys are into him. I think you know he's going to have to get used to that, especially uh, after it was highlighted 
how he how he treated Truff um, mm. you know, on one of the on Footy Classified, I think it was, and um, you know that happened weeks ago. Uh, it was brought up, and it's funny. A lot of the commentators hadn't really picked it up when it first happened. They were treating like it just happened out of the Port Adelaide game. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think you know the, the Tigers players. Because well, I see him at the ground, they were really targeting for some reason. I thought, I wonder if that's a little bit of a, you know, someone's got into him today. Just see this bloke how he treated, um, yeah, because they were obviously had close links to truck. But um, mm. yeah, I just thought maybe there's something a little bit in there. Yeah, who knows? I mean, look, look in terms of his performance, I thought he he did keep trying to you know get run and you know push us forward. On many occasions, um, yeah, had the 555 metres gained. Um, but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, um, only had the two score involvements, um, including that goal assist, might I say. Um, but uh, defensively, I think he's still quite lacking. Um, so, um, yeah, a solid, but, um, yeah, only just a uh, solid performance for mine because I think, yeah, as as good as his attacking side of his game is, uh, that defensive aspect um, is it, killing us when we're not structured properly um, down there. And you see Richmond and whoever it is, uh, be able to you know roll through so quickly. Yeah, they go up too high up the ground, mm. and that's what's something a new coach will have to do. So certainly get defensive strategies much stronger and have a setup for teams to reduce the uh, times they go coast to coast on us. Right? Mm. Um, Peter Wright, great season for him. You know, I don't think you know Wallace Dreams thought we could get fifty three goals out of him, mate. Uh, mm. Really good season for him, and you know he had a decent game. As you say, he didn't kick the straightest. He's had a lot of shots from long range, I must say, but they're not easy. But um, yeah, he could have easily kicked five on the night. Yep, yeah, he could have. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I found votes for him. I thought he, uh, yeah, good. A good game, like when you get three goals too, you generally take that most days of the week. Um, so yeah, I thought he had a, yeah, a decent game for us, albeit um, could have kicked a couple more. Dyson Hamble made he had the 17 disposals, nine kicks, eight handballs, four marks, and four tackles. So, uh, his endeavor was there again, but like very limited. And mate, I honestly don't see a, a spot in his side if we, if we ignored who he was. Um, I really think he'd have a hard time keeping a, you know, a spot in our side next year. Yeah, because uh, you know, he's he can't play halfback. We've seen that he gets exploited there, mm. and there's got to be better wing options. And he's not a forward, so yeah, I think it's uh, certainly a, a big decision what Dyson Heppel does going forward. I don't think he's going to get a guarantee to play senior footy every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I thought you know this was the. So-so game. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, agreed with that, Jamie. I was, like, it was nice he kicked the goal. Um, that was all right. But apart from that, I'd, um, I, I will say there was a, a couple of parts in the in the night where he actually went up and um, yeah, picked some blokes up off the ground. I remember, uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, got um, yeah, almost knocked into the fence and he went over and he picked him up. So that, that was good. But apart from that, his, his actual performance... Um, you know, doesn't really warrant a spot in the best 22 for mine. So, um, yeah, uh, ho-hum game um, from Dyson Heppel. Um, yeah, the yeah. big thing for me I've found, mate, is his penetration in his kick. 
just not up to AFL standard anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, you really need to. You know, the defenders are so quick these days. Uh, you know, and he has these slow floating kicks, mm. uh, and they constantly get picked off. So, you know, I think yeah, Dice definitely got a big decision to make at the end of the season. Yeah. Sam Durham made a really disappointing game. Just six disposals. Yeah. You know, um, you know, really, I was really surprised at that, and just the three kicks, three ambles. Mm. Uh, and some of his efforts at tackling, he had zero tackles in the night. And, um, his effort at tackling is absolutely disgusting at times. Yeah, I'm not saying it's out of effort. It's just his method is just so poor. And he may as well be a witch's hat at times. Um, it's like a half effort, mm. and it makes it easier for your opposition to read where you're going to lunge to, if you know what I mean. So yeah, uh, I just thought it was... Really poor game from Sam, and um, you know I thought it's been a pretty good season overall for him. But um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty lackluster night. Yeah, I mean, like from mine, it wasn't through lack of effort, um, but it's just his polish and ability to actually impact the contest rather than sort of running around like a headless chook. Um, mm. I suppose is how I see it. Um, yeah, because even on the night, it wasn't able to use his marking power, and perhaps you know you never know, like the. Uh, playing against his uh, his old club, um, albeit at the VFL level, um, yeah, perhaps they they worked him out and um, yeah knew where to block his run at, at times and stuff like that. But he wasn't able to impose himself on the game, um, so you have to say a, a pretty substandard performance from from Durham. As much as you don't like to say it against blokes who, who generally put their all out on on the park. Yeah, uh, Jake Stringer, mate. We saw a um, couple of knee. Uh, in the back oh, of their head. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he kicked that nice goal at the start of the game, you know, in response to Richmond's first goal. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a bit, a bit sad that it was the last we saw of Jake Stringer for the year. And, you know, look, he had a pretty average year, to be honest, like, you know, for his standards. Yeah. Um, he had a fantastic year the year before. Mm. Um, now, he's one player that was said to have a somewhat frosty relationship with... Um, Truck, mm. so be interesting to see, uh, you know, the new coach because I, I really think Jake Springer is the barometer for our side. Yeah, um, if we have him up and going, we generally play much better footy and you know, is a point of difference. Uh, mm. so I really hope the next coach can really find what triggers Jake Stringer and he can have a much better year next year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, poor bugger. He- Copped a really like that. There was a massive knee to the back, and I'm not sure if that's going to get looked at, James, because that was pretty reckless. Um, yeah, whether intentional or not. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, didn't see him after that, and uh, like absolutely, that was the right call. Like, don't bother with the protocols; just take him off because that like, it wasn't worth him coming back on if um, if there wasn't a risk. So um, yeah, unfortunate that his name is uh, game ended so shortly, but. Um, yeah, I saw him in uh, after the game uh, in the rooms, mate. Not that I was in the rooms, but I saw him on TV. Mm. Um, so obviously he didn't have to go to spend the night in hospital or anything. So uh, that was good to see him in the rooms after the game. Mm. Uh, Mason Redmond had a fantastic season. Didn't have a great game, I didn't think. Um, with the eleven kicks, four marks, and four handballs, and uh, yeah, again. 
I think he has a lot of work put into him by the opposition, especially against good teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, certainly his, his impact was stifled on the night. Uh, I'd have to say a pretty average game from Redmond, uh, just because he wasn't able to produce any any run for us defensively. We were pretty poor all over the ground, and unfortunately the the back six or seven is going to wear that. So um, yeah, I'd have to say a pretty average game from Redmond. Jake Kelly finished the season with 17 disposals, nine kicks, eight handballs, six marks, no tackles. Um, yeah, again, he's, I'd say his first year at the club, only had some patches of doing some fantastic roles on uh, small forwards, which is what we've been looking for. But he's had other games where he, he just looks a bit out of place. Yeah, it does, mate. Um, you know, it's a bit of a... A funny old game for Jake Kelly. Um, yeah, didn't really have a, a big impact um, on the night. Um, yeah, at times he was going up and up against. Um, uh, like I can I can see his face, the young uh, young Ford. Um, not not Cumberland, Edwards. sorry. Um, no, not not Cumberland. The um, uh, the bloke he's. Like they've sort of as the most exciting indigenous player and oh yeah, Shy Bolton. Yeah, it was up against him at, at times. Um yeah. and did seem to I suppose stifle his influence to a degree, um, mm. but wasn't able to totally shut him down. So um I'd I'd probably say overall a, an average game for, for Kelly. Yeah. Um Brendan Zerk Thatcher, just a six disposals, mate, and just three marks. But I still thought he really battled hard and you know, obviously Richmond were having a lot of footy down there. Uh, I you know, still thought he was quite productive, at least um, being somewhat of a distraction for Rewalt. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, um, yeah, I guess yeah, the Tigers were able to raffle it up at times. You know, who wants to try and kick this goal up? Uh, so they didn't often always have to rely on um, on Rewalt. Um, yeah, in terms of Zerks, Game, um, yeah, only had the six possessions of it, went 83%. Yeah, when he did have it, uh, just the four intercept possessions. So I have to say, a, you know, fairly average game. But again, that's a defensive um, uh, side encompassed where we got opened up far too easily. Uh, Zach Reed, mate, got into the side finally. Uh, they played him up forward. Uh, yeah, he's so lean. Obviously, that would have been really noticeable. He was playing on uh, Noah Boulder at, at one stage and mm. just looking at the size difference between those two guys is massive. But, it, yeah. you know, I sometimes wonder if you're going to play him forward, are you better off playing Harry Jones in a game like this? Because, um, you know, obviously, you know, I don't know what benefit they were hoping to get out of that. Obviously, giving you a game experience, which, you know, is important for a top 10 draft pick. But, um, yeah, he just struggled to find it. In the end, he, he went back, mate, and ended up with seven disposals, four kicks, three ambles, and three marks. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I do see value in um, in Reed um, getting a game. I thought at times he, um, you know, was able to take a few marks, which is good. Um, you know, didn't, um, I suppose, show his leg um, yeah, to his best degree, only when it 57%. <laughs> disposal efficiency, not that he had much of it. Um, but I think, you know, realistically, putting up against the Noel Bolter, that's a seasoned AFL player. Um, 
And he's, you know, while you know, Zachary does seem to have bulked up a little bit since he's been to the club, he's still, certainly got a bit more work to do. So um, perhaps it's just that taster to go, okay, here's where I'm at now. Um, that's where I need to get to. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously an average game of the night, but he'll be better for the run, I'd say. Uh, Matt Guelphie, that uh, wasn't a normal Guelphie game, right? He mm. certainly tried. He's just had his two tackles and 10 disposals, six kicks, four animals, only one behind. Mm. Um, so he, he struggled in this game, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely agree with that, Jane. At no point um, did he seem to have an impact, which is sort of weird for golf because you generally notice him uh, from time to time, but um, not, not able to make an impact on the day. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Nick Martin. Uh, had the 19 disposals, mate. Eight kicks, 11 handballs, four marks and three tackles. But uh, some of his decision-making was left a little bit to be desired. Yeah, it did, mate. Um, yeah, like he can be such a class user of it. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe he's got, just got caught up in um, in everything with the rest of the team because uh, his disposal efficiency for his, uh, what, 19 possessions was 52.6%. Uh, so pretty pretty poor, really, from Nick Martin. Um so, uh, look, only ways up from there, I guess. Yeah. No, he's had a great season when you think <laughs> came in on as an SFP, mate. So, um, fantastic selection by Adrian Dodoro. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure he's going to win our first best year player. Um, Massimo D'Ambrosio um, kicked those couple of goals early, mate, and as said, set up the goal um, for. Hurley, yep. yep. So great and uh, four tackles. So he certainly gets around and tries and has an impact. He had one shot which sprayed out of bounds on the foot when he tried yeah. to kick the footy a bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Listen to Josh Marnie's uh, take from you know, from the rooms. Uh, I found that you know, they really think that Massimo can be a, a bit of a, a target up forward in terms of you know, small forwards. Mm. Um, and then also have the opportunity to play him down back if need. Yeah, I, yeah. Obviously, uh, yeah, found him a vote. I thought he had a, yeah, you know, decent crack. Like, yes, he wasn't outstanding, but uh, yeah, kicked cap- classy goals. Um, yeah, had four tackles, which was good. So he's showing a bit of pressure there. So I thought he's, um, yeah, definitely showing a good bit of effort and will be better for the run. But then to finish off, mate, Joe Menzies got on again as a sub after Jake Stringer went off. Uh, the uh, kicked the goal, his first goal in AFL footy, mm. and he had the nine kick. Uh, sorry, nine disposals, five kicks, four handballs, four marks, and two tackles. So uh, he's a real nuggety little bloke. I, mm. I thought he's, um, I thought he was a lot leaner when I first watched the, uh, you know, his highlights and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's the number forty-seven because it's such a, a wide number that it actually makes him appear wider. So, um, yeah, so. But I, I think he's certainly got a bit of a uh, bit of skill out there, and I think uh, he might be one that really surprises next year. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I thought like he showed um, he's quite a dynamic player. Like he sort of seems to get to the right spots. Um, he's, I suppose, um, you know, when you see the side on view, he does look a lot, um, I suppose, bigger and you know, nuggety, as you say, than what you think a normal sort of small forward might be, and. 
you know, certainly with, when he's laying a couple of tackles and um, it seems to ride the bumps fairly well. Um, so, you know, if we can continue to develop this bloke and you know, give him some confidence and, um, yeah, he can, I suppose, find more of a pill, um, that'll only be a good thing. I mean, from the time he had on, he had four score involvements and uh, four contested possessions. So he doesn't mind um, doing the hard stuff as well, trying to, trying to find the goals. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he did all right for the time he had on. Yeah. And uh, they've just announced, mate, the All-Australian squad of 44 now. And we've been told that no Essendon players this year are in the 44. Mm. And I think if we're being fair, that's probably where we're at. Um, yep. I don't think anyone had an outstanding season, even though Zach Merritt won our Doncast medal vote. Um, I don't think that uh, you know, he had a good enough season to against all the other midfielders in the competition. Mm. So, yeah, I just think that what we'll find is that uh, you know, there's a lot of improvement on our list. Uh, mm. You know, if we can, well, we're going to pick around the pick four or five in this year's draft, which will net us another talented player. Uh, it's yet to be seen if we can pick up, you know, any free agents or... You know, if, if by some chance we can get a, ta- a trade target, that would be great. Mm-hmm. We've got plenty of cap in our room or the only, uh, to acquire other players, but ultimately they have to want to come to us. And, yeah, I think there's still a lot of work to do uh, as the season goes on and even though it's an off-season, I think the real work's going to be starting now for our recruiters and everyone at the club who's uh, trying to finalise a new coach. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's uh, yeah, going to be a very interesting off-season for us. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, all remain tuned and uh, see how everything pans out. Yeah, so obviously we'll be back. Um, we'll do a, a year review uh, at some point um, and see uh, how we felt the club did as a whole. Like it's obviously not a great season to relive, mate. But um, you know, we usually do our by the numbers for the entire list. Um, after our rant this morning or today, sorry, um, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to add that on there. So we'll have that at a later stage, and and maybe we can add that on, mate, when we uh, are announcing some of the changes the club's going to announce uh, later on this month. Yeah, absolutely. Or September yeah. at least, anyway. Yeah. But, um, uh... And to quote Joe, what's the mate? Remember when? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Finish it off, mate. Oh, it's the lowest form of conversation. That's right. Lowest form of conversation. That's right. So, um, yeah, we, we won't do a remember one when segment anymore, mate. Uh, we got rid of that. Uh, but anyway, um, want to say thank you to all our listeners for the year. Uh, thank you for putting up with uh, when Nick had all that problems with the computer. You know, we... We did have that period where we got off the air for a little bit. And, um, we got it all sorted. So, yeah, at this stage, we're still striving through. We're still getting plenty of listeners, and we're really you know, thankful for that. And hope you still enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Thank you, until guys. Ne- yeah, until next season, or next news break at least, go Bombers. Go Dons. <laughs>